First podcast. I'm so excited today. We've got a special guest in the studio. This is my very first guest on our podcast, and it's Nicole Clausen. She is going to be joining us today, and we are going to be talking about believing in ourselves, right? We have to believe in ourselves in order to reach the potential that we want to reach. So, first, I want to start with Nicole. Nicole, Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. It's absolutely an honor to be here. Awesome. Okay, so Nicole, I, the reason I have you in here today is because you've started your own business. You stepped away from corporate America, working for someone, and decided to kind of carve out your own path, to make your own path in business. And I think that's amazing what you do and all the things that you do with your business. And in order for you to do that, you have to believe in yourself. There's no way that you could be full of doubt and, and, and thinking this will never work and go out and do the things you're doing. So I want you to tell us a little bit about your business, what you do, how you got started. Sure. So I own a company called Veterinary Care Logistics, and my whole focus and passion is helping veterinarians and their teams to manage their inventory. So I work with them on reducing their costs, improving their efficiency. And so I do that through a lot of different ways. I have a community. Um, I do a lot of speaking events, coaching, on-site consulting. So I kind of run the gamut of however people need me. I want to show up in that place, essentially. Absolutely. Well, how did you get the idea that, you know what, there's a niche out there for me and I want to go out there and I want to attack this. And I want to go out on my own. What, what kind of created that? Sure. So I'll actually take you way back for a second. So when I was maybe like eight or nine years old, I remember like planning with my cousin that we were going to open our own business. And it was like a pet store and like we had all these plans. And I knew even from that young of an age that I really wanted to be an entrepreneur. And so then fast forward to, I don't know, probably like three or four years ago now, I was, um, you know, working in a veterinary practice and um, one of, I was asked to speak at a conference or an event and um, after I got done, it just like lit a fire in my soul. It was just like this incredible wave of like passion just overcame me. And I was like, this is what I'm called to do. This is what I need to be doing. And so from the second that I felt like that fire and that passion in my belly, I was like, okay, we're going to do this. And so it just kind of evolved from there. I'm going to tell you something. The fact that you talked about passion, what you're called to do. I think so many people out there, they run into this passion. They feel that they're called to do this, but they step back and they don't push forward because they don't believe in themselves. They don't believe they can be successful. They don't believe that they can chase these passions in their lives and really get to the next level. And I, I think that's where so many of us stop. We, we, we just don't move forward. Nicole, I'm going to read you a story. Okay. okay. I'm going to read you a story. And I want you to think about what we're saying because I just absolutely love this story. So this story is out of a book called um, The Success Principles, how to get from where you are to where you want to be, right? This is the like the best book 
I, and I've read through most of this here and uh, the stories are amazing. It's written by Jack Canfield. This is the same guy who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul. I'm going to read you this short story here. It says, don't waste your life believing that you can't. How important is that right there? First line, I could stop right there and we could talk about that for a whole podcast. In 1977, in Tallahassee, Florida, Laura Schultz was 63 years old at the time. She picked up the back end of a Buick to get off of her grandson's arm. Before that, she had never lifted anything heavier than maybe 50-pound bag of pet food. Dr. Charles Garfield, author of Peak Performance and Peak Performers, interviewed her after reading about her in the National Enquirer. When he got to her home, she kept resisting any attempts to talk about what she called the event. She kept asking Charlie to eat breakfast and to call her granny, which she did. Finally, he got her to talk about the event. She said she didn't like to think about it because it challenged her belief about what she could and couldn't do, about what was possible. She said, if I was able to do this when I didn't think that I could, what does that say about the rest of my life? Have I wasted it? I just, to me, that's amazing that that's where she went with this story, right? She said, I didn't think I could do this. What in my life could I have done if I just believed in myself, right? Charlie convinced her that her life was not yet over and that she could do whatever she wanted to do. He asked her what she wanted to do and, and her passion was. She said, I've always liked rocks. I love rocks. She wanted to study geology, but her parents hadn't had enough money to put both her brother and her to college. So her brother won out. He went to college and she didn't. At age 63, with a little coaching from Charlie, she decided to go back to school and study geology. She eventually got her degree and went on to teach at a local community college. Don't wait till you're 63 to decide that you can't, that you can do anything you want to. Don't waste years of your life. Decide that you're capable of doing anything you want and start working toward it now. Amazing story. Amazing. So when you hear me talk about this story, when we hear talk about this, Laura Schultz, what comes to mind? What do you think? What are your thoughts there? I mean, I just immediately get, you know, where she's coming from, you know, to, to realize so late in the game of like what you have been hiding from the world, essentially, like what, what all these talents that you could have within yourself and passions within yourself that you are keeping from the world, that you're keeping your brilliance and your greatness from the world, you know, and like how, what an internal struggle that must be to be like, oh, I want to do this. This is what I'm called to do. But here I am. My reality is this. That's awesome. Let me touch on something you just said there. You talked about your gifts. You're talking about gifts and talents is basically what you do, what your passions are. Those things that were, are given to us, that, that we're passionate about, that we, that we're given are not for us. They're for the world. And, and we don't act on them. We don't pursue them. We don't develop them. We are cheating the world because we are given these gifts to give to others. And that's what she realized, right? That's what she realized. And a lot of times it's fear that holds us back. It's absolute fear. And I get that. I absolutely get that. Let me ask you this question. How did believing in yourself play a role in starting your own business? Well, I knew that I wanted to help people, right? Like that is like my ultimate goal is I just want to help people because when I was first started, um, you know, in the field, you know, working for um, another company, I was feeling 
really alone and like I didn't get any training and all that and it was just a horrible feeling and so if it's like if I could help one person to not feel alone to feel like they have like somebody has their back like I know that I would be successful and so even when it was like oh I'm not sure if I could do this you know you just kind of like push through and think about if I could just have one person today you know it makes it all worth it let me ask you this question. So what we're talking about, believe in yourself, we're talking about sometimes it's the fear of failure. It's just fear that holds you back. Did you at some point as you were moving forward, maybe that first year, maybe that first six months, did you have doubt about, well, this is going to work or, or am I cut out to do this? Is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Did you feel that at some point? Oh, absolutely. And I still do to this day. So don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like that sometimes going out on a limb, it's so much scarier than being comfortable and remaining where we are. And so we have to face a lot of internal battles, you know, like the fear of, oh, am I good enough? Maybe I'm not perfect. What if I make a mistake? And so we have this, a lot of like this internal fear and struggle, like you mentioned, that we have to kind of confront. Um, and my dad still to this day, sometimes when I'm struggling with self-doubt that like, oh, can I actually do this? Oh, can I be successful? I call him up and he's like, well, what's the next best alternative? If you're not doing this, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, I'd have to go work with somebody. And he's like, well, do you want that? And I'm like, no. So then that just like reignites like, oh, this is my purpose. Right on. Okay. Can I just say that dad's rock? I just want yeah. to say that. I don't know. I don't know if everybody knows that, but dad's rock, right? They always got this little piece of wisdom kind of hidden, tucked away, just waiting for their daughters to call. So yeah, dad's rock. All right. Let me ask you this. So you were over overcome that. And, and, and I get that because I have these same feelings too. I get up in the morning. Sometimes I think, okay, what am I doing today? Am I going to make an impact today? Am I going to be significant in somebody's life? Am I good enough to keep doing what I'm supposed to? I get this. I have those same fears and struggles every single day. Actually, I face those. Why do you think that people struggle with this? What, what are your thoughts there? That is such a great question. You know, and I feel like it really, it's so, so much of a multitude. You know, it might start when we're young, you know, and people may not you know, we may have this goal and this dream, but somebody else, it may not align with what their viewpoint is. And so they kind of maybe bring it down or adjust it so that they feel a little bit more comfortable, right? right. But then we kind of, as we get older, we experience all, you know, people who may be telling you, oh, this isn't right, or oh, you shouldn't be doing this. You know what I mean? And so we have all this internal and external forces of doubt playing in on us. Right. You know, and it's like, I urge people that no one else is in your shoes except for you. No one else knows what gifts and what talents, you know, that you have to share with the world. And so sometimes I just would, you know, impress upon that you just listen to yourself and find it within yourself to have the courage to go out and, you know, reach your goals and your dreams. Because, you know, if you listen to everyone else, Maybe somebody else is not comfortable, you know, going out on a limb and starting their own business and they want to stay in their nine to five. Right. And so they are going to, you know, look at your situation through their lens of fear. And so if you kind of use that as your deciding factor, you may not ever go out and reach your goals and your dreams because you're looking through somebody else's lens rather than your own. Okay. This is why Nicole's my first guest. 
right there because that is totally that is so awesome and it's right on point when you talk about being comfortable right one of the things if we're going to move forward in our lives as individuals we have to learn to be uncomfortable oh, 100% it's the only way we grow it's the only way we really reach our potential is getting uncomfortable because it's easy to stay in this little circle right here and i'm going to tell you what it's 72 degrees and sunny in this little circle i got right here but i got to constantly push myself outside that circle to grow and when i get outside that circle sometimes it's not even fun right? Sometimes it's scary, but I can't move forward. You can't move forward. People can't find their passions. People can't go out there and be who they're supposed to be unless they get uncomfortable because that stuff is just not going to come yeah. to them. You've got to work oh, 100%. for it. 100%. And I also feel like, you know, like you mentioned, that so many times we kind of have like this self-betrayal almost. Like we don't yes. trust our internal vibe and our internal thoughts that we are good enough, right? If you think in your head, you're like, oh, I want to go do this. Or, oh, this is who I want to go out and be. And you think to yourself, oh, that wouldn't be good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. It's like we have to get in this mindset that the only comfort in life and being comfortable, the only way that we're going to be comfortable is if we're comfortable with uncomfortableness. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Very good. Very good. And you, you touched on another great point, and it's that internal dialogue that you're having with yourself, that that internal conversation. that, And we all, we all talk to ourselves. I do it a lot on the way to work. People think I'm singing if they pull up next to me. I'm actually having a conversation with myself most of the time. But those conversations that we have with ourselves is the most important conversation that you'll have all day. And if you constantly tell yourself you can't, if you constantly tell yourself you're not good enough, you will start to believe the things that you tell yourself. So the first thing we need to do is start talking to ourselves in a manner that we deserve, right? Start believing ourselves, start telling us we are good enough to get this done. You have the talents and gifts to move forward. This is going to be tough, but you're tougher. And eventually we will start to believe those things about ourselves. And you will see that you start to move forward. You start to soar. Those conversations are just so important. I try to have this conversation every morning because it gets my brain focused. It gets my mindset moving in the right direction. Otherwise, I fall into that same trap, Nicole, that you're talking about right now. I fall into that trap of not wanting to push myself, not wanting to get better, trying to be comfortable right here. So right on. You know, one of the things I like to talk about, Nicole, and and, and if I've had a lot of conversations with Nicole, so I understand her leadership philosophy, which is amazing. We're on the same page of most things that we talk about when it comes to leaders, which is one of my favorite things to talk about is as leaders, how do we help people start to believe in themselves, right? I feel as a leader, it's my responsibility to help you grow to help you start to see your, something in you that you didn't see before, right? And sometimes it's as easy as being an encourager. An encourager. Yeah. How tough is that, right? Let me ask you, growing up, and maybe it was your father, uh, growing up, or, or a business partner or somebody, was there somebody in your life that encouraged you to be better? Oh, 100% my dad. Like from day one, you know? And like he knew that I needed to be an entrepreneur long before I did, you know, and I can still right. call him to this day. And he always, he's, he is my self-proclaimed number one cheerleader. 
So he has just 100% always been supportive, no matter what hair brand idea I had, you know, because I was like, before I really found this niche and this passion that I have, I kind of like was like, oh, I didn't really know what I wanted to be when I grew up, quote unquote. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be this. And he's like, you are going to be great at that. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. And it just, and it's just kind of been that way. That's, that's incredible. That's, and we all need those people. We all need those people to push us and say, you can do this. And it just gives us that little extra, it's hard to do it on our own. Matter of fact, we don't do anything on our own, right? We're all in relationships and that's how we move forward. So one of the things I like to talk about with a lot of sessions that I do, and when I talk about encouraging others, is the fact that great leaders see potential in people before they see it in themselves. And then they show those folks that, hey, I have faith in you. I believe in you. And people will work hard to live up to the faith that you have in them. When you have a relationship as a leader with the people that you are leading, and you have that relationship, they'll work hard to reach those expectations that you set. So if you set expectations that are low, you're showing them that's the faith that you have in them. And that is where they're going. That's the results. That's where you're going to get them. If you set expectations that are high and you say, I have faith that you can move to this level, they're going to do whatever they can to get there. And it's just a matter of having faith in people that will move them forward. You have to believe in people, like I said, before they ever succeed. Before they ever succeed, you have to believe in them. And, and, and it instills confidence in them when they see that, without a doubt. And one of the things we need to do, and one of the things I think as leaders we don't do enough to encourage people to help them move forward, is just celebrate those little wins, Nicole. Little wins. You did great today. Hey, I loved how you handled that customer. Hey, I love how you handled that situation. Hey, that was amazing. That's exactly what I'm looking for. It's those little wins that build the confidence in people. It's amazing how that works. I want to end on a story today. You mind if I end on a story, Nicole? Is that all right? Okay. I want to end on a story today about believing in people. And I was uh, I was very fortunate. I was a high school football coach while I was serving um, over in Germany. I actually got to work for with an American high school where I was a football coach, and I was a lines I was a lines coach. And, and so you know what that means. Um, that's where they put coaches when they don't know if they can coach or not. They put them on the offensive defensive line. So they weren't sure I had the talent or gifts or whatever to be a coach. I was good with that. I was actually just happy to be on the team. It was an honor to be a part of the staff. So our first year, Nicole, we went, you know, whatever amount of games, I think it was 10 games or something like that. We didn't win a single game. I'm going to tell you something. It's hard to continue to believe in yourself when you can't come away with one win for an entire season. It's tough, right? And you're trying to pump these kids up, but it's really, it's hard to believe yourself as a coach. Do I know what I'm doing? Do, do I have the skill set? Do I have the knowledge to push? Should I be on this coaching staff? The next year, it's the same staff. We're halfway through the season. We still haven't won a game, right? We still haven't won a game. And unfortunately, the head coach, um, he threw out a racial slur on the practice field. And he was immediately sent back to the United States. He was fired almost on the spot, and rightfully so. We're working with, we're working with kids here right? So he was sent back right away and they didn't know what to do. I was a volunteer coach at the time. They said, Hey, coach Parker, can you, can you take the next game coming up? Can you be the head coach for the next game? 
I'm like, what? <laughs> what? You want me to be the head coach? I said, yeah, give me that clipboard, right? I'm getting a chance to be the coach. So I got to figure it out. It's been a year and a half. We haven't won a single game. I'm a head coach. I, I know for at least one game. What are we going to do? How are we going to change things? So I brought all, I, I brought the entire football team into this room, this gigantic room, and I sat them down and I said this to him. I said, Saturday, we played our games on Saturday. Saturday, you make sure that your parents are in the stands. This Saturday, I want your parents in the stands. You go home and tell them tonight because everybody in this room will be on that football uh, field at one point or another. I'm going to tell you something. I am not a guy who believes in giving a ribbon because you show up. That's not who I am. I don't give you a trophy because you happen to be on a team. That's not who I am, right? But I had to change the dynamics of this team somehow. And there's a lot of kids in our team that didn't get to play at all, even when we were losing, which I thought was wrong. At least get them some playing time. But you work hard for me this week. You give everything you got for a full week. You will play football on that field on Saturday. I wish you could have seen these kids' eyes light up. I wish you could have seen how excited they were for all those kids that weren't playing. So these kids are practicing every day and still and losing. So it's like they come here, they work hard, and then they lose on Saturday. And they don't even get it into play. How depressing is that for those kids, right? So I said, everybody on the field, man, these kids busted up. They ran out. They were, they were hitting each other, trying to get out the door, you know, just get to the football field. And then three seniors set back. And say, hey, coach, we want to talk to you, right? I, I knew this talk was coming. I knew that was going to come. I know who these guys are. I said, what's up, fellas? I said, coach, we haven't won a single game and uh, playing with our best players. So what chance do we have this week when everybody's going to play? I said, man, you got to go out this week. I, you got to give me everything that you have. You have to lead this team and show them you're going to put it all on the field. And you have to show them that you believe in them because you're the leaders. I said, and you three need to give me everything you got. And we'll see what happens on Saturday. I said, all right, coach. I had faith in them. They had faith in me. So that week, we practiced so hard. It was so hard. And I did the calisthenics with them. I did the push-up. I did the jumping jacks. I did the running with them. It was a team effort. It wasn't a coach and a team. We were one unit moving forward. And I did everything with them. And at the end of that practice, we were ready to go. And, and we marched out on Saturday morning. I remember it was like yesterday, and that was a long time ago. We came out on Saturday morning. I used to cut across the field as they ran around the field in, in, in kind of like a formation. But this Saturday, I ran with them because we're still one team. We practiced as one team. We were one team. So when we ran around the corner, we came there. We, we did our warm-ups and so forth. Four corners later, we won that football game. We marched off that field, winners, and everybody played. You would have thought those kids won a state championship that day. That's how excited they were. And I was a little excited too. But I'm going to tell you something. It was not that I was a better coach. It wasn't because I had the best plays or I made the best moves. It's because I believed in those kids all week long. And when they started to believe in themselves, they saw they could go to another level. And that's all they needed. They just needed a coach that said, you can do this. You guys are the best. And make sure they understood it as well. And then they won that football game.
It's still a memory that I have. As a matter of fact, I am still online with a couple of those kids 20 some years later and they still call me coach. What an honor that is when they, when they say, Hey coach, you got a couple minutes. Absolutely. I do. Right. I'm still the coach. So it's just so important that we understand that we have to, when we believe in people, we can just raise them to another level. When we encourage them, believe them, have faith, in them, we can raise them to another level and they will start to see things in themselves that they didn't know they had. What does that cost us? Nothing. What does it cost us if we don't do that? Everything. We got to believe in people. We got to believe in people. Any final thoughts, Nicole? I mean, I have like chills from that story. (laughs) So there's that, you know, but just to your point, I think it's so important to just encourage and to be kind to people. It costs absolutely nothing. And you could just make somebody's day, their month, their year, just to encourage and inspire and be kind. And, you know, I just, I, yeah, I'm still in awe. We We need more of that in this world right now is what we need. All right, Nicole, I want to say, I'm just so excited that you showed up today to help me with this podcast. I'm so honored that you were here today. Nicole and I have worked in the past together. And uh, I just a couple, I want you to, where can we find you? Nicole, I'm looking to listen to your podcast. I want to find you. Where can I do that? So I actually have a podcast. It's called the Inventory Nation Podcast. I talk a lot about veterinary medicine, managing inventory. So if that's your game, you can find me on iTunes at the Inventory Nation Podcast. Right on. Once again, Nicole, thank you very much. Jordan, I think it's time to send us home. Hey, feeling good, like I should. When in the walk around the neighborhood. Feeling blessed, never stressed. Got that sunshine on my Sunday best yeah. Hey, every day can be a better day despite the challenge All you gotta do is leave it better than you found it